Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number 72 of the NXT Nightcap, recapping the highs and lows from WWE's developmental brand. I am your host and humble guide, Keela Cash. Thank you so much for joining me as week 123 of Receptopia continues. Happy Wednesday morning, afternoon, and evening to you all as another busy week in the worlds of WWE and AEW continues. And last night was NXT 2.0 going down live from the WWE Performance Center in Orlando, Florida. And we are three days away from NXT in your house going down this Saturday at 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern only on Peacock and I am looking forward to the show but I gotta say this might be the weakest takeover adjacent show from 2.0 to date. I expect a sneaky good match or two but it does not look like the most eye-popping card on paper that could change as we get close to showtime. We shall see but maybe this will be a sleeper show that comes through in the end. But right now, I am not looking forward to the main event, obviously involving Joe Gacy versus Braun Breaker for the NXT Championship. And if Breaker gets DQ'd, he will no longer be the champion. And Joe Gacy will not only win the championship, but he will rule the world. And who wants that? at the end of the day. Certainly not me, and hopefully that does not happen, but you never know when it comes to WWE booking, but I'll get to all of that shortly as we kick things off with a tag team match featuring Roderick Strong and Damon Kemp representing Diamond Mind versus reigning defending NXT tag team champions Pretty Deadly. We had some ongoing issues between the Creed brothers and Roddy as they wanted to come out there to support the team, and Roddy told them, stay in the back. You have the night off, watch the professionals work, and they did mostly. And I gotta say, I was really impressed by Damon Kemp. He made a couple of appearances on NXT 2.0 last year, and he had the skill set to be a star, but he had zero presence in terms of personality. That changed last night because he got the hot tag during this match, and he was kind of floundering against Kit Wilson. But the moment Roddy slapped him in the face, Damon Kemp fired up, and a way to my heart is suplexing people with the utmost intensity and he did so he threw around Prince and Wilson like an absolute boss and the crowd was popping for his offense and the more he does this the more he gets reps on the road at the PC he is going to be a star let it be known he is the brother of Gable Stevenson. they can't say that publicly for whatever reason it's a dumb reason but if he can get Damon Kemp over congrats to him because he definitely has what it takes to be a star as he gains more experience in the ring and I love how he threw around Prince at first with suplexes and shoulder tackles he was on fire and the crowd was with him every step of the way he got another hot tag from Roddy later on and he lit up Elton Prince with a series of German suplexes vertical suplexes and a slingshot spear for good measure before he and Roddy delivered stereo backbreakers to Pretty Deadly as we go to a picture-in-picture commercial break. We come back and Pretty Deadly are working over Kemp for a bit, but Kemp's able to make the hot tag to Roddy. And he is a one-man wrecking crew delivering double chops to Pretty Deadly and going for sharpshooters when each man are trying to fight out of them respectively. And he delivers a gut buster to Prince as well. And as he has the match in hand... When shenanigans break out with Prince laying out Damon Kemp by shoving him into the still steps. And we have Pretty Deadly grabbing the NXT Tag Team Championships and they're going to use him as a weapon against Roddy Strong. He's going to undo the turnbuckle behind the referee's back as well. So we got cheating on both sides. The Creed Brothers come out there to stop all of this from happening. Julius tries to tell Roddy, hey, watch your back. Stop cheating because they're cheating as well. And Julius takes the belt shot for Roddy Strong. Roddy gets a roll-up attempt on one of the yes boys, but Elton Prince and Kit Wilson hit him with the spilt milk to win the match. And 
Roddy is not pleased with this outcome. Julius is holding his head, thinking what the hell happened, heading into In Your House as a crease challenged Pretty Deadly for the NXT Tag Team Championship. And Roddy has delivered an ultimatum to the Creed brothers. If they do not win the tag team titles on Saturday, they're out of Diamond Mine. Ivy now cannot believe this, neither can the Creed brothers. So I hope that the Creeds win. They've been teasing this for months now. The time is now to crown them as the tag team champions. They're over with this crowd, but I sense shenanigans from Roddy and Damon Kemp come Saturday. Unfortunately, I just believe that a screw job is coming and Diamond Mine is going through their third facelift in under a year and that's saying a lot for this crew but Roddy's the one constant and here's hoping the crease can pull out the biggest one of their career come Saturday night next up is a mob wars meeting on a yacht between Legado de Fantasma and Tony D'Angelo alongside his goombas or shall I say stacks and two dimes and the meeting was corny fun I think this entire storyline is ridiculous, but Santos Escobar and Tony D'Angelo find a way to make it work. And these segments are always well produced. Jeremy Borash has his foot in all of this. And I appreciate the yacht shots, the scenic shots from the ocean. I just love the vibe this vignette provided as we will have a six-man tag team match featuring Legado de Fantasma versus Tony D'Angelo, Stacks and Two Dimes, and the losing team will join the winning team's La Familia. They will run the mob as one with the losers working underneath the top mob family on NXT. So I am very intrigued to see how this all plays out. These should be winners, should be Legado de Fantasma, and Tony works underneath Santos and company, but we'll see. It's a lot of greenness in this match, and Legado's going to have to carry this from start to finish. This is a big test for Stacks and Two Dimes because I still stand by what I said last week. They look like Thing 1 and Thing 2 from cat in the hat they are adorable but i cannot tell the two apart they're completely indistinguishable in the ring and that needs to change when you're going one-on-one against joaquin wow or cruz del toro they will put you through the paces and you got to keep up one way or another stand out from the crowd wear something different to separate yourselves from each other that's got to change if you're going to make a name for yourself on 2.0 and beyond tony d's got the goods Santos Escobar, he's fantastic. And this match could be sneaky good if given time and if the booking makes sense at the end of the day. Next up is Cora Jade versus Electra Lopez, who happened to be on the yacht as well, but she made it back to 2.0 in time for this match. And it was just, okay, nothing special. It was kind of rough around the edges a bit as well as Cora Jade was selling her ribs and legs throughout this bout as Electra Lopez worked over the body parts to try to lock in a submission hold. That was very light, kept falling apart. Eventually, Cora J delivers a very ugly Rana to Electra Lopez. She knees her in the corner and lands at top of Senton for the win. I'm glad Cora got the win to get back on track after losing to Natty a few weeks ago. But this match left a lot to be desired in terms of quality. And that is due to both ladies being green. Green can't lead green. Most of the time. And last night was a prime example of that, unfortunately. Even though I like the potential of Cora Jade and Alexa Lopez has great presence with Legato most weeks. Next up is a segment that annoyed me until the brawl. It was a championship summit involving Toxic Attractions, Jesse Jane, Gigi Dolan, and Mandy Rose, the NXT women and tag team champions. They had a face-off against Wendy Chu, Katana Chance, and Caden Carter. 
I am not going to review what they said word for word. The script was terrible. The promos were not very good. And whoever told Jesse Jane to compare Katana Chance and Caden Carter to the Lollipop Guild should be fired. I love The Wizard of Oz. I love Dorothy, the Scarecrow, the Tin Man, the Cowardly Lion, Toto, Oz, the Munchkins, the Yellow Brick Road, Auntie M, all of them. I love the entire movie right down to Dorothy's ruby slippers. I love that movie down then, now, and forever. But MGM released that fucking film in 1939. Let me say that again. They made the movie in 1939. We are in 2022 and it's been 83 years. And Jessie Jane, who must be 20 something, and I know she can watch the movie on HBO Max and it's a thrill, it's a joy, amen. But there is no way that I would fix my lips to compare anybody to the Lollipop Guild in 2022. Whoever wrote that for Jesse Jane, with all due respect, should be fired. It's a dated reference from a century nearly gone by. My God, this the whole entire dialogue was off. Wendy Chu was the best person on the mic saying, sign the contract. Because all of this yelling and yapping and yakety yak was not working for me whatsoever. Mandy Rose cut her promo. It wasn't very good either as the fans joined in on the sign the contract chant. Please sign the damn contract. Let this be over as soon as possible. She signs the contract. And Wendy Chu hits it with a spitball that leads to a melee in the ring. It's a decent scrap as Katana Chance and Caden Carter lay out Gigi Dolan and Jesse Jane with some dives on the outside. Wendy Chu goes after Mandy Rose and Caden Carter lays her out the super kick and she's triple teamed by the baby faces. And Katana Chance and Caden Carter set up a table for Wendy Chu who is wearing a cow onesie and she is going to deliver a splash to Mandy Rose through the table that pops a crowd. And apparently we can't curse on USA Network anymore. No more holy shit chance for whatever reason that was bleeped out constantly as the segment comes to an end the fight was nice but everything preceding it sucked with all due respect six people talking over each other is never fun and when the dialogue is bad it makes it even worse my god what a championship summit this was not until the fight in the end. But I do have some hope for the NXT Women's Tag Team title match featuring Katana Chance, Caden Carter versus Jesse Jane and Gigi Dolan. That could be sneaky good if everybody's on their A game on Saturday night at In Your House. I would love to see a title change because Katana Chance, Caden Carter would be great champions. They've been together for a while now and their matches are always exciting and they could be great champions. Living bangers against Lisa Leon and Valentina Feroz. I think about what could be with Roxanne Perez and Cora Jade. You do have options in this division. And with all due respect to Toxic Attraction, I'm kind of done with these title reigns now. And I'm ready for some fresh faces to be at the top. I don't know if Winnie Chu's going to dethrone Mandy Rose on Saturday. I think it's going to come down to fan reactions because after Wendy's first week being the sleeping girl, it's kind of fallen off a cliff for me. The charm is gone. It became a bit too sophomoric and basic and kind of eh. But she's great in the role. She's committed to everything she's given from Karen Q to the thousand-year-old lady from T and Shaw to now Wendy Chu. She is very versatile 
style in terms of character work and she's a damn good wrestler and I wish that was showcased a bit more let the woman behind Wendy Chu break through as a true blue wrestler and you've got a star but the gimmick is limiting we'll see how far it goes on Saturday if she can win the crowd over to tease the title change I doubt it'll happen because I sense Mandy Rose has more time left as NXT Women's Champion before crowning the next woman in line to be the face of this division. It could be Roxanne Perez, could be Tiffany Stratton in due time, but it's long past time for a new face of the women's division to emerge and be that star that can deliver bangers on the regular moving forward. I want to go back briefly to Wesley versus Zion Quinn and Zion Quinn could barely throw Wesley in the corner in the very first spot of the match and the fans let him have it for a bit, but Wesley was able to take the bumps from Zion Quinn and he was able to avoid his finisher and roll him up for the win. So that was a nice victory for Wesley. But I got to point out my dude Sangha for being just the nicest baby face on this show wishing Wesley luck he keeps coming for his size and height but he does so in a respectful way saying that you might not have those things but you have a lot of heart brother and you proved that to me last week and I love Sangha I love his calm cool demeanor the way he speaks his hair is fantastic his mustache and beard is on point he's a style god as well I love Sangha and I hope that Wesley understands that Sangha's coming from a good place he's coming from a place of love and respect and I hope they become friends so that made me happy as we move on to Sola Sequoia versus Dukatsin I thought this match was fairly good as Dukatsin is always impressive in the ring to me delivers a nice float over German suplex to Sola Sequoia for a near fall and he uses his power and craftiness to overpower Solo with a pound of ground attack until Solo responds with some more tie combo kicks a Samoan drop a splash in the corner a super kick and the splash from the top rope for the win so Solo's been on fire as of late. He's over with the fans and he's got next for the NXT North American Championship post in your house when Cameron Grimes defends the championship against Carmelo Hayes. And he wants to win her when it's all said and done. And I think that Solo's got next. He's going to be the next NXT North American Champion. The fans adore him. And I love the fact he's gaining confidence more and more by the week. He was way more comfortable backstage cutting a promo on Dukatsin than he was in the ring a couple of weeks ago. He's going to gain that confidence in the mic in due time. And he's got the entering stuff down. And he's going to grow and learn even more, which is scary good for him. And I love the fact that the fans throw up the ones in honor of the bloodline because Solo is a part of that family. And that's going to be a big chapter in his career whenever he moves up to the main roster. And the fans realize that he might not be long for NXT. So they're going to treasure the time they have with him here. And they love him. And that's a rarity on this show. And there's unanimous love for a guy that is super over. And they want him to win the big one and rock with him every step of the way. Yes, his crowd can turn on you in a dime. But when they love you, they love you hard. And I'm glad that Solo's getting that love from the crowd. And when he wins the championship, it should be a very big moment for him. Next up is Grayson Waller versus Josh Briggs. And this match was just there. We got a unique you can't rustle, yes you can chant from the fans directed towards Grayson Waller. That was random and kind of out of place, but the match was fine mostly as we got shenanigans in the end when Sophia Cromwell alongside Mr. Stone, Jack Briggs, Von Wagner comes out there to go after Briggs as well. He fights him off, but Grayson Waller takes advantage of this distraction by hitting that rolling stunner through the ropes to pick up the win over Briggs. After the match's over, Von Wagner continues to go after Josh Briggs until Brooks Jensen makes the save, cast and all, and this feud must continue, and I feel very mid 
about it at this point because I don't care about Von Wagner and it's been nearly nine months into this 2.0 experiment and I don't see that changing anytime soon with all due respect. Next up is Kiana James versus Ivy Nile. And this match was fine, even though the numbers gimmick for Kiana James is incredibly one note. She sells it well and she finds a way to make it work. And Ivy Nile is always impressive with her power, strength and her striking ability. And at one point she locks in the dragon sleeper hold on Kiana James. But for the first time, Kiana is able to reverse it and go for a near fall on Ivy now, but now rocks her with several kicks and lays out with a running power slam for the win. So I thought this was a decent showcase for Ivy now, who continues to improve match by match. But Kiana James should not be slept on. She needs a better gimmick, but I do see star quality in her as she gains more experience in the ring. And now it is time for our main event featuring the North American champion Cameron Grimes versus Nathan Fraser. And I thought this was the best match on the show by a mile or two as both guys worked with lightning quick speed and agility Nathan Fraser is awesome hits a lightning fast running Rana on Cameron Grimes goes for his tope but stops himself when Grimes was out of the way but that allows Grimes to hit him with that PK kick as we go to our final picture and picture break of the night we come back and the action picks up even more as we got Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams on commentary and even though Carmelo Hayes tries to no-sell Nathan Fraser early on. The deeper we get into this match, Nathan shows out and Carmelo has no choice but to get into this match. He's marking out in the best possible way. And I love him for that. It reminds me a lot of Becky Lynch, who was supposed to be the heel earlier this year on Monday Night Raw. And she's watching Liv Morgan versus Dewdrop versus Bianca Belair. And the winner earns a shot at her women's championship at the Warrior Rumble. And the match is so goddamn good. She's freaking out at ringside. She's popping for Bianca's spots and Dewdrop doing her thing and Liv killing it. And she can't help herself when the match is that good. Sometimes you lose yourself for the moment. And that is the greatest sign of respect when you are able to go off for your colleagues, even though you're supposed to be a heel. And Nathan Fraser hit Grimes with a reverse Rana out of nowhere. That stunning tope on the outside to Grimes as well. He goes for his Phoenix Splash. He misses, unfortunately, and that allows Grimes to go up top and hit Fraser with a super German suplex on the top of rope and the cave-in for the win. And Grimes stares down Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams ahead of his North American Championship match against Hayes this Saturday at In Your House. And I thought this was a very good main event. Fraser continues to impress. He's going to be a future star. And I hope WWE sees that as he stays stateside on 2.0 for now. He's got it. He's got the look, the entrance, the charisma, and the skills to get over with the masses long-term. And Grimes has been that dude for a long time. And Carmelo Hayes is still coming into his own. I love the confidence. And every match he's in is always exciting. And I expect Grimes and Hayes to have the best match bell-to-bell at In Your House this Saturday for the North American Championship. I don't foresee a title change. You never know, though. But it should be the best damn match on the card. And with that, this wraps up a pretty okay edition of NXT 2.0. A nice go-home show for In Your House going down on Saturday. And the lineup looks decent. I have hope. There could be some surprises. There could be some eggs laid. But I have faith 
that this show will come through in the end, despite the shakiness of this card on paper right now. It's a very green card in terms of experience, but I think that everybody will be on their A game come Saturday night as we get ready for a very busy weekend in WWE with Helena Cell going down Sunday, which is preceded by In Your House. And I hope that we have the 90s flair for In Your House. I love the show a couple of years ago, leaning into the 90s, especially when we were all quarantining during the early days of the pandemic. I want that charm to say the same, despite the 2.0 of it all. But we'll see the presentation come Saturday. And on that note, this wraps up episode number 72 of the NXT Nightcap, recapping the highs and lows from WWE's developmental brand. I hope you enjoyed it as always. You can follow me on social media at Lady Wrestling X on Twitter and on Instagram at WrestleTopia. There you can find me tweeting and gramming about these podcast shows that drop on the semi-daily recapping Monday Night Raw, NXT 2.0, AEW Dynamite, Friday Night SmackDown on Fox and AEW Ram- page on TNT. You know what to do, search Recipetopia and follow me on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Audible, Google Podcasts, Buzzsprout, iHeartRadio, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn plus Amazon Alexa, and Spotify. I'll be back tomorrow morning with episode number 66 of The Dynamite Effect, recapping the highs and lows from AW Dynamite on TBS. Until then, enjoy your hump day. Stay safe out there and don't forget to wash those hands. See you later, boys and girls. Take care. <laughs>